If you were to reflect on yourself one day, with the agenda to see how your life is, how does that look like? The reflection criteria in this regard would be the relationship you have with life on a level that you can envision. This is where you observe emotions like how do you generally feel about yourself and everything that is happening around you. What is it that you're doing on a regular basis that makes your life worth living and justify the very essence of existence? Or in contrast, what are you not doing that makes your life a tragedy you dread confronting? Are you conscious of who you are and who you'd have to become to leave a legacy, a mark for those that are coming after you? In hindsight, how does that look like? What would your life look like if it were to justify purpose and meaning according to you? Now let me welcome you to Identity Lecture 3. The moment when you think about yourself in this regard speaks volumes about your knowledge of self, or at least the first step into the direction of being aware of self and the long and very fulfilling journey that lies ahead of being self-conscious. Ultimately, we have the ability to create a life that we would love to live, but that of course means that we need to figure out how, and most importantly, what that life looks like. We are living in a time where the need of being has become a responsibility that we all need to account to. This is because if you live a pathological life, you pathologize everything around you. This truth is evident in the story of the Israelites, in the biblical context where their disobedience led them straight to defeat. Therefore, our choices and decisions are critical because they affect us and the people that have allowed us into their spaces in ways we cannot imagine. John Shaw once said, The future is not some place we are going, but the one we are creating. The paths to it are not found, but made, and the activity of making them changes both the maker and the destination. Once we come to understand that if we take the first step into a particular direction, then life simultaneously takes a step to conspire in our favor and unravel opportunities that require us to fulfill. It is also important to note that if you are not taking any step in any direction, life also responds in that regard. The outcome of that reality is dismal and one that we cannot afford to gamble on. I've learned that it's not what we know that matters, but what we can prove. This statement qualifies that what we do is who we are and anything else is who we know we should be. If we fail to reflect sensibly to the reality of being unaware of self, our indifference will cause us to lose a future of ourselves that justify being and many other things that we hold dearest. This of course means that being is a state which we get to first experience internally and has little to do with the external. This is because the external ultimately is a representation of the internal. Job couldn't reason with God because God asked him how dare he reason with ignorance. That made me realize that we cannot afford to live this life without the knowledge of self. We also have to note that money, power and fame do not automatically conclude that you are at your highest manifestation of your true self. I've always thought that if life was to be represented by a graph and that graph reflects patterns of misery accompanied by the anxiety of unworthiness and uncertainty about who you are, but most importantly who you want to be in this world, then it is very important that you address this situation with an understanding 
of self. When I read the introduction of Jesus, I immediately felt chills on my body because of the potential that was evident in that text. Anyone with that kind of bloodline as their foundation should really be a legend. It made me think that there was only one outcome that was possible there. And of course that is not true. Jesus was really just an incredible overperformer in that character. The discipline that man showed was out of this world. That's ironic because he literally wasn't of this world. That's one of the reasons I follow him. He was and is a complete manifestation of being. This man had a history of warriors in his DNA that conquered before him. Not to mention that he was cousins with John the Baptist and his forefather was the King David. I mean that alone speaks a lot of volume about interconnections and the right environments that you either voluntarily or involuntarily find yourself in. To bring this into context, how can you not have generational wealth if your father's Bill Gates and your cousin is Mark Zuckerberg? Something terribly wrong would have had to happen to you, like an overuse of drugs or even just dying that would rob you of this kind of inheritance and privilege. Anyway, I'm hoping that I'm speaking to a generation of people who won't allow defeat on basis of personal ignorance. <laughs>